Hey guys, it's me again. I hope everyone is having a great Friday and definitely looking forward to the weekend. Woohoo! So one of my followers requested that I do a video about how I moved abroad. And so I thought that's a great subject to talk about. So I'm going to tell you guys how I moved abroad and kind of explain the different types of visa categories where you can move abroad. And it's a little confusing, so I'm not going to go over every specific one of them because I haven't really looked at every specific one of them. You can actually just go on the government website and look at it if you really want to. But I'm going to describe how complicating it is because the government doesn't really tell you everything. <laughs> so yeah, so how I moved abroad, and this is specifically Americans moving abroad to England because it can be different if you're from another country. So you'll have to look at different guidelines if you're from another country. So how I moved abroad was I got accepted into a master's degree in a UK university. And what they do is you have to answer quite a lot of questions, like tell them why you want to study in England. Um, you know, you have to get accepted talently if you're going for a master's degree pertaining to the arts. And you also obviously have to get accepted academically. So once you get through that, you will answer more questions about where you, I'm trying to think where you've traveled to, if you've had a visa before, because they want to know if you've studied in the UK before. And if you have, I don't really know what that means, but <laughs> I just remember I had to answer all those questions. And then what they do is they give you a thing called a CAS. And then you have to go onto the gov.uk website and apply for a student visa, which is what I did. And I filled in my CAS. The visa will ask you a lot of questions, like where have you traveled to in the past 10 years? I want to say, well, since I had like a lot of anxiety filling it out because I'm like, this is my first time moving abroad. I did it in portions and the really cool thing about filling out the visa online is you're able to save the application. So I want to say it would, if you did it all at once, it would probably take you under an hour and a half, but as a first timer, really take your time with it because all the questions are just really specific. And if you give any false answer, you can have the entire visa rejected and you do not get your money back. So yeah, it took me about three days to fill it out because I wanted to make sure everything was correct. Like they ask you a ton of questions pertaining to how many passports you've had, if you've just renewed your passport, where you traveled before. Um, because some countries, I'm not sure if this is true because I didn't travel to any of the countries that would make me qualify to get this type of test. But I think if you've traveled to some countries, within like the past let's say year or so you might have to get a tuberculosis test but i haven't traveled to any of those countries where i would need a tuberculosis test so i'm not sure but i think that's why they ask you all those questions about where you've traveled to and they ask you a lot of questions about your parents uh, where you've lived for the past couple years i can't remember everything specifically that i was asked but it's a lot of questions 
and you have to pay, I believe it's roughly $550 for the health immigration surcharge, and that was for two years. I want to say it's roughly anywhere between $230 to $250 per year, but from what I remember, I had to pay something like around like $550. And then the visa costs like an extra $490, I want to say. So all in all, the visa can cost you from anywhere from about $1,000 to $1,500, depending on which visa you're getting and depending on how fast you want the visa to be like expedited. So let's say if you wanted to fill out the visa application and you're really worried or your studies are coming up and you wanted the visa the next day, it's going to cost you like an extra, like maybe like $450. So that's where they really jack up the prices. But typically they they say it takes a couple weeks for your visa and for me it only took about like 10 days to two weeks which wasn't that bad so yeah i had my visa i paid roughly a thousand dollars had it in my hands 10 days to two weeks later and you would think that it stops there but it doesn't so you get a visa sticker in your passport and what happens is you have a set date on when you need to fly to the country. So my visa sticker said valid from August 31st to September 30th. And I was really confused because I thought that the sticker was my visa. And I'm like, what do you mean? This is only valid for a month. I'm studying in the country for two years. But no, don't get confused about that that's only a sticker so like when you go to the united kingdom you show them the sticker and you have to bring everything with you like obviously bring your cas thing your offer letter i brought everything with me just in case i would get asked like are you really a student (laughs) so i brought everything with me to the border um, in my hand and ready to show the immigration officer and they looked at my visa sticker and they let me through and what you have to do is once you enter the country between the dates set on your sticker you have to pick up what is called a biometrics card within 10 days of arriving to the country and that is your actual visa so i actually had my biometrics card arrive at the school and you're going to carry that wherever you travel to because you'll be coming back to england and you have to have it on you showing that you have the right to live there So that's what I went through with the student visa, and I'm pretty sure that applying, like filling out the application for other visas would be similar, but you have, there's different circumstances. So I know that my cousin, he actually got to come to England on a work transfer visa. So that would be the tier two visa. And if you're not really looking to study uh, there are other visas that you can apply on and i don't really have the answers to all of that but i i did kind of stumble across some of the criteria when i was on the gov.uk website so the tier two visa you what you have to have is you have to have something called a sponsorship from a licensed 
company in the UK. So a company that has paid for a license to sponsor foreign nationals outside the EU and EEA. And what they've had to have done is they've had to have posted the job for 30 days on a job board. And this means, okay, I can't find anyone that's qualified to work this specific category. So you really, if you're getting like a tier two visa, um, you what I've known is that you have to, one, either work for a really big global international company that has no problem just sending you to the UK to sponsor you, or you have to be a highly skilled worker in your field. So yeah, my cousin got really lucky and he was able to come to the UK because his company wanted to sponsor him over here. So they helped him out with the visa and everything from what he told me. So yeah, that's the tier two visa and you can bring your family with you, but you obviously have to have enough money to support them. And your family, I think if they're above the age of 18, are eligible to work. And what's really nice is they're also eligible to work if you're on a tier four visa, which is the student visa that I'm on. So my one friend on my course has her husband and she brought her husband over with her while she's doing the MFA degree that I'm doing. And her husband is actually allowed to work while she goes to school, which I think is really nice because you need to support yourself. Oh, and the one big thing that I almost forgot to explain are the financial requirements that you have to have as a student visa holder. And this is where it got very difficult for me. And I swear to God, I almost wanted to give up. So the UK government says if you're studying for a period that's longer than six months, you have to have a maintenance financial requirement where you have roughly 11, I think it was $11,300 to support you for the first nine months. And I don't know why it's the first nine months, but that's what the government web page said so yeah so you have to have either you know this means saved up money or your parents are going to help you while you're abroad or you can get the money from like a financial sponsor sponsor or a loan company so what I did was I worked for two years and I was able to save close to half of that money and I was also able to get some financial assistance that shows that I have enough money for the first year to support myself, which was really nice. And you have to give proof either through bank statements or through like a loan statement. And you send all that in with your visa application. Yeah, it's a lot to remember. (laughs) But I do believe it's a lot less if you're being sponsored on a tier two visa because you are coming over here to make money and work. Whereas a student, you're not coming over here to make money, you're coming over here to study. So you need to show that you have enough funds to cover yourself. So I think if you're on a tier two visa, you 
have to have roughly, it was like $1,000 in your bank account. And it can't just be like $1,000 that you got the day before. It has to be $1,000 in your bank account that has been in your bank account for 90 days. So you have to have that. Make sure you know that before because they will reject your visa. Or I think also if the company says, yeah, we'll sponsor you the $1,000, it was something like that. Like either you had to have something saved like a thousand dollars or the company said that they'd sponsor you for the maintenance fee on the tier two but yeah so those are just the two visa categories and there are a a lot more (laughs) so and it really all depends on your citizenship too because um I know like it's it's easier if you're it I'm not really sure but I think it can be easier if you're like a commonwealth citizen if you want to come over here and work so what they have is the tier five youth mobility visa and i know i've known a couple of people that have done this so if you're like a commonwealth citizen is like someone who's from australia canada um jamaica i know that there's a whole list if you just google search it and sorry to disappoint, but America, we're not one of them. <laughs> so yeah, if you're a Commonwealth citizen, you can actually apply for a tier five visa and come here and work for just one year. You can get one year working experience in the UK. But the catch is that you have to be between the ages of 18 to 30 when you apply. So there is kind of a strict 12 year limit. And I think you can only do it once. So it's not like you can keep applying for the extent or da, 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 da. it's not like you can keep applying for the tier five visa or keep on extending it. It's just you do it once and then you're done. Is that's what I heard. Yeah, yeah. So that's the tier five visa. And the next visa category is the UK ancestry visa. So also you have to be a Commonwealth citizen. But if you have at least one grandparent that was born in the UK, you can apply for a UK ancestry visa and then you can come over here and work for five years and then apply to be a British citizen. The only catch with this visa is that although it says that you you can study, but your purpose for this visa is to come over here and work so you always have to prove that you're working i think it's a full-time job so it would be a little hard to study but i've known so many of my friends that have done full-time school and full-time work so if it's doable for you then that's great but this visa you have to prove that you're working at least i think maybe part-time but from what i heard it's full-time so that's the only catch with that and I'm not sure if there is an age limit on this but from I think it would be 18 to 30 but again I'm not sure so yeah so the other visa category is the there's different types of tier one categories so if you're really really talented and let's say you've been in Hollywood films 
or movies and Broadway or you're an expert in your field, mechanical engineering, and you're a world leader, then you can apply for what is called the Tier 1 Exceptional Talent Visa. And you have to you have to be really, really good in your field of what you do. It's and I think it's limited to like the arts, humanities, sciences, and a couple of other categories. But yeah, uh, if you really qualify for that visa, you can get a letter from like a, a I think what they said was you can get a letter from someone that's recognized like you know the arts council of england or the equity actors association (laughs) is what i'm going to guess and you can get a visa that way or if you're really rich and you want to invest in the uk you can also get a tier one entrepreneur visa if you invest at least two million pounds into the UK economy, and then you can get that type of visa. So I, I don't know many millionaires, but hey, if you really want to go down that route, then great. And I believe that the other visa that I didn't really explain is, I think it's called the Tier 1 Postgraduate Visa, but they tend to change that one a lot. So I think it's like... If you graduate in the UK, you you have to have graduated on a tier four student visa. And if you have a really great business idea, you can talk to your university. And if they approve of your business idea, they can extend your stay and you can switch visa categories to like the tier one postgraduate visa. And you can stay here and work on your business idea. And if your business idea actually flourishes and it's great, then you can apply for, I think, another two years to extend this visa. Um, And yeah, yeah. So I've explained a lot. (laughs) Lots of different visa categories. And the one thing to always remember is that if you want to switch visas, you have to wait 28 days before your current visa expires, I think. So, like, if you wanted to extend, let's say you're on a Tier 2 visa, I think you have to wait up until 28 days before it expires. I I got a little confused at that part. Or I think you have to, like, apply 28 days before it's due to expire. I'll have to look more into that. But, yeah, they're very strict on the visa limitations. And uh, your immigration status really does depend on which visa category you're in. And, oh yeah, the other visa category is a spouse visa. So if you're married to a British citizen, you can apply for a spouse visa for up to two and a half years. And the really nice thing about this is that you actually don't have to be married. So let's say like you're on a tier four student visa and you met the love of your life and you have lived together for two years, you can also apply for the spouse visa if you've lived together for two and a half years. So yeah, lots of different options to move abroad. And yeah, yeah, just lots of different options to move abroad. So there's no excuse really not to move abroad. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think a, a lot of these rules are similar throughout Europe, but I know some European countries like if you actually want to settle there, you have to settle there for eight years. And in England, it's only six. Well, it's five 
if you want to become a permanent resident, and then six if you actually want to get citizenship. So a lot of people do confuse that. They're like, oh, if I marry someone that's British, I automatically get citizenship. And it's like, nope, you can apply for a spouse visa for two and a half years. And then if you're still living together and happily married or happily together partners, you can apply, you can extend the visa for another two and a half years. And then you can apply for what is called permanent residency, which is called indefinite leave to remain. And then a year after having permanent residency, you can apply for British citizenship. Yeah. I know all this because I got bored one day and decided to just research everything online <laughs> a couple years back. But yeah, hopefully this has helped some people if you really want to move abroad. And I know people that want to move abroad don't always want to study. So if that's what you want to do, if you want to move abroad and work, if you're a Commonwealth citizen, apply for a tier five visa and you can work here for a year. Or if you want to work and continue to work here, apply for a tier two visa and you the only trouble is you just have to get a company to say yes to you and sponsor you um and the really great thing about this visa is that you can work here for three years and then you can extend it if everything goes well so yeah if you guys have any questions or comments please let me know i think i've been talking enough now so i'm gonna head off and do some work because I have some homework to do. Well, I hope you guys all have a great day and happy Friday. Yeah, happy Friday. Thank God it's Friday. Friday.